Merry Christmas. It is so good to be with you today. I want to welcome those of you engaging online and thank you for taking this time to engage with us. It is just a joy to celebrate this special day, the celebration of the birth of Christ, of God sending his son into the world. My favorite holidays of the year in which we as a church get to celebrate and rally together and just bask in how good and kind God is that he would send his son into the world for us. You know, as 1941 is a year that uh, is, is going to live in infamy in the life and, and rhythm of our nation. For it was in 1941 that the medal of the American character was tested. Pearl Harbor was bombed, the Nazi war machine was conquered, uh, conquering Europe, and the world was in desperate need of leadership and protection. And it's in that moment that 16 million, behold that number, 16 million Americans volunteered and said, yes, I will serve in the military. I will put my life in harm's way for the good of a world that's in desperate need of protection, of leadership, of rescue. And as I was thinking about just that reality of volunteering and putting yourself in that position to say yes to a time in which the world was in desperate need, it reminded me of something that happened 2,000 years ago of a teenage girl with a world in peril, with a world in desperate need of rescue. This teenage girl volunteered and said yes to the call of God, to be willing to step in and bear the Son of God in her womb. This morning, I want us to take a fresh look at the person of Mary and how God used her to change the world through that baby boy in her womb. Let me show you. Grab your Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. The gospel of Luke is Luke's narrative about the life and the ministry of Jesus. Now Luke has written an orderly account, he tells us, in verses 1 through 4 of chapter 1. He addresses this book to a guy named Theophilus. In fact, he gives him a title, the most excellent Theophilus. He gives him that title probably because this guy Theophilus is a wealthy donor who has financially undergirded the research of Luke so that he could do uh, interrogations and ask eyewitnesses and interviews to gather all of the facts regarding the person and work of Jesus. And so he takes all of his research that he has done and he writes out these 24 chapters, this orderly account of the life and the ministry of Jesus. What's interesting is that he begins with the birth story leading up to John the Baptist on how it came about where John would be born into a family of Zachariah and Elizabeth, two very old people well along in years, and yet God opened her womb and she was able to conceive. But that's where we pick up in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I've not had a sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. And in verse 38, where we're going to set up camp the rest of our time, Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. Jesus' birth was not ordinary, for this was no ordinary child. Mary became pregnant, not in the typical natural way, but by the Holy Spirit. That indeed her womb would be the cradle that would hold God the Son. Now the virgin birth demonstrates that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. The virgin birth is a bedrock doctrine that followers of Jesus for thousands of years have held fast to. And it's not just because it's a really sweet story that we like to include at Christmas time. It has huge theological implications. For if Jesus was born in the more natural way and not by the Holy Spirit and not to a virgin, then he would bear a sin nature. You see, if Jesus had ever sinned, then he would not be the perfect mediator between God and man, and he could not be our Savior. You see, if there is not a virgin birth, you and I are headed for hell. But the good news is that God had all of this planned out from long before the foundations of the earth had ever been laid. You see, the significance of the virgin birth is that God sent his son to be a perfect representation of both God and man. It's amazing that this God who planned all of this from the beginning, he had a perfect plan and it was fulfilled through Jesus coming through a virgin. And he accomplished this through this young little girl, this teenager from the Galilee area of Nazareth. And what I want us to focus on in verse 38 is this call that God places upon Mary's life. And then what does this look like for us today? The first thing I want you to see in the text is that Mary said yes to being a servant of God. She said yes to being a servant of God. Verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Now, this is a statement of humility and selflessness. She's declaring my life is not about me. My life exists for you, Lord. I want to serve you with my life. She's putting her yes on the table, and she's making herself clear at the very start, I'm here to serve the Lord. Now, here's a girl who is not wealthy. She's not well-educated in the ways of the world. She does not come from a family of politicians or social media influencers. And yet, God shows this humble, poor, uneducated girl from a town in Nazareth, and she tells Gabriel, I'm here to serve. 
That's amazing to think about. That she's saying, I'm here to serve the one whom did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. She says, I am here to serve the one who is the suffering servant. I am making myself available to bear a king in my womb. I am here to serve him. I'm here to give my life for this baby that the Savior who was born, who came to rescue the world from sin and death, is the one who's the one she's burying inside of her. Now think about it. Now through her serving the Lord, enemies of God will become friends of God. The Savior who was born would be the one that those who battle against Him will become those who serve Him. An example of this is found in one of my heroes of the faith, the Apostle Paul. This is a guy who hated Christians. He wanted to stop the church. He hated the movement of all of these people claiming that Jesus is the only way to God, and he wanted to stop it. Until one day, and we're going to get there in January as a church, we're going to study the the conversion of the Apostle Paul and how his life was radically changed by Jesus. And it's in that moment that he was drastically changed. He went from someone who hated Jesus to loving Jesus. He became a disciple maker, a church planter, an evangelist, a pastor, a guy who would write 13 letters that you have in your New Testament in which he declares Paul, Romans 1.1, a servant of Christ Jesus. In fact, he would begin his letter to the church at Philippi, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. You see, when you encounter Jesus and his gospel, you desire to serve him. You want to serve him. You put your yes on the table. You throw your hands up and you surrender and say, you can have my life. My life is not about me. My life is about you. And I exist to serve you. And here you and I sit 2,000 years later. And though you will not be called to be the mother of God, that happened once and for all, not going to happen again, you are still called to be a servant. You're called to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in His church. You see, we used to be former enemies. We used to be people who were not interested in God. We were going our own path, following sin and self and pursuing ourselves. When God was pursuing after us, all of us in our sin nature were rebellious against Him. But God, who was rich in mercy, because of His great love for us, He pursued you in the gospel. That even when you wanted nothing to do with him, he still had a mad, passionate love for you. You were deeply loved by God that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That the God who made the cosmos and the one who knit you together in your mother's womb is the one who goes on record to show and tell you how much he loves you through a bloodstained cross. That the cross is where God goes on record to show you how much you are loved. That even though you and I are broken and sinful and selfish in our core, Christ came and through his death and through faith in him, he changes our hearts. He changes our lives. We become servants of the Most High. As we think about Mary and this young girl, and she has just been presented with this reality, she says, I'm a servant of the Lord. My yes is on the table. I'm surrendering my life to you. Have you come to that point in time in your life in which you have surrendered your yes to the Lord and said, Lord, my yes is on the table. My heart and my life, 
my money and my future, my relationships and my family, my house, my car, my job, everything I have is yours, O Lord. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm yours and you are mine. This is what Mary's doing. It's amazing as we think about Christmas and the significance of God sending his son. It takes place in part because this teenage girl is saying yes to being a servant of God. The second thing I want you to see in the text is that Mary said yes to submitting to the will of God. Submitting to the will of God. Mary agrees with the will of the Lord as revealed by the angel. Verse 38, may it be done according to your word. She's willing to be the mother of the Son of God according to the preordained will of God. That when Isaiah wrote 700 years earlier, see, the virgin will conceive and will bear a son and name him Emmanuel, it's coming true in her. Emmanuel, God is with us, is being realized inside of her. It's amazing to think about, but please understand her willingness to obey the Lord, to, uh, to follow His will, it's going to be costly. She's going to bear a social stigma of being an unwed mother in a culture that would shame you for that. Because she said, yes, she was going to be called a liar from people in her community for claiming to be pure. She was going to face probable divorce from Joseph, which we see in Matthew 1, he was already considering it. She would be falsely accused of adultery. Because of her saying yes to the will of the Lord, possible death was on the table. Because according to Deuteronomy 22, there is stoning for adultery. You know, we in how we have the benefit of knowing the rest of the story. We know how this turns out. We know, reading Scripture, what happens. But she didn't in verse 38. When she put her yes on the table and said yes to submitting to the will of the Lord, here is a woman who didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know what the future was going to hold. And she knew that she was going to be an unwed mother in a community and culture full of shaming for you for such a sin as this as this commitment here. And this is a situation in which she is now in danger. Her entire life is ruined. Her family is ruined. All because she said yes. And for you as a follower of Jesus, if you're going to obey the will of the Lord, you've got to be okay with that too. You've got to be prepared for people to talk about you behind your back. You've got to be okay with people calling you a liar. As a follower of Jesus, you've got to be prepared for people to call you names and to mock you. You've got to be prepared to be misunderstood by a world that mocks and laughs at such a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as we have. You've got to be willing to face difficulty, suffering, and trials if you're going to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. When Mary said yes to submitting to the will of the Lord, it did not mean that her life got easy. It meant her life just got really, really hard and really, really complicated. And as a follower of Jesus, you've got to be ready and prepared to endure such hostility. You know what was amazing to me? In the, on Sunday mornings, uh, deacons gather here early at the church and they prayer walk our campus and they pray with our staff. They pray over every seat in our, in our worship gatherings. They pray over our children's space, our preschool space, our small group space. And they pray with me. 
And this morning, I had a great conversation with one of our deacons who was, we were talking about the sermon and Mary, and he said, Kenneth, think about it. Here is Mary prepared to be ready to serve the Lord. Can you imagine how much her parents worked and served and prepared her for this moment? I never really thought about that. But as I started thinking, if you go further on in Luke chapter 1, you're going to see where Mary sings a song. It's called the Magnificat. And in this song, she is just worshiping the Lord that he would do such a thing as call her to become the mother of the Son of God. But what's amazing about the Magnificat is that it's saturated with Scripture. Here is a young teenage girl who knows the word. Where did she learn that from? Mom and dad. Parents who invested and planted the seed of the word of God in her heart. They had worked hard to protect her and to care for her so that she, in this situation, is found as a virgin, prepared to receive and to serve the king of the universe. It's amazing to think about that this Savior that she would hold would be the most precious person in the world. She didn't know how the future was going to turn out and all the details. She knew some of it. But it's amazing to think about how she was putting her yes on the table to submitting to the will of the Lord for her life. It's hard enough, y'all, to raise kids in a fallen world. It's really hard being a parent. But can you imagine the pressure of raising the Son of God? I mean, the weight of responsibility of caring for the most important child in the history of the world, that would be staggering, okay? You see, Mary was saying yes to a lifetime of roller coaster of emotions. She would feed him and clothe him and sing to him and rock him to sleep. She would sprint through Jerusalem when he was 12 years old, full of panic and worry when she lost her son. Although, by the way, it's the son of God. She would be rebuked by him at a wedding and she would watch his ministry flourish. She would see him preach to thousands, feed thousands, perform miracles, raise the dead. She would hold him close and she would have to let him go. She would also see him mocked, slandered, beaten, and then murdered on a cross. Mary did not know all the intricate details of what was ahead, of what she was signing up for, but verse 38, she said yes. She submitted to the will of God, whatever that entails. And so my question to you is this, will you say yes to the will of God for your life? Will you submit your heart, your life, your future to whatever God has for you Would you put your yes on the table? Will you follow him no matter the cost? Will you trust him who promises never to leave you and never forsake you? Will you entrust your soul to him who judges justly? Will you trust your future to the one who is already there at your future? Will you entrust your death to the one who ordains your first day and your last day? Will you gladly trust the one who knows everything about you and loves you still the same?
Will you entrust your children to the one who made them and loves them more than you? Will you trust your soul to the one who has plans that are far bigger and far greater than you can ever imagine? Are you willing to put your yes on the table to say, Lord, I want to submit to your will for my life, even if it means having to endure difficulty and suffer and face trials? My yes is on the table. I will obey your will. Are you willing to be misunderstood and face hardship all for the sake of him who suffered and bled and died on your behalf? Will you say yes to the Lord this Christmas and say, God, you can have all of my life. I submit and I surrender all to you. In fact, this is the the impact point thing I want to drive home because I want to challenge you to say yes, to submit and surrender to the will of God for you. I'm reminded of Paul in Acts 20. He's saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders, a church he invested his life into. And it was a very emotional goodbye. The text says that they're weeping. They're falling on each other's necks as they say goodbye because he told them, you're not going to see me again. And indeed, he would be leaving there and eventually end up in Rome where he would be beheaded for his faith in Christ. But as he says his final goodbye to the Ephesian church, he says in Acts 20, 24, I don't consider my life of any value to me. If I can only finish the race, the ministry the Lord Jesus has given to me of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Are you ready and willing this Christmas to say, my life is of no value to me. I submit my life to the will of the Lord. Just as Mary did, just as Jesus did, all the way to a bloodstained cross where he gave his life for you, where he bled and died on your behalf, and where he was eventually raised three days later, victorious over the grave. So all who trust in him, your future is secure. Everything in this life and in the life to come, secured by the blood of Christ and the victorious resurrection of Christ. This Christmas, surrender and submit to the will of the Lord just like Mary and just like Jesus.